0: Welcome to the DPM podcast, where we go beyond theory to give expert PM advice for leading better digital projects. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ben Aston, a founder of the Digital Project Manager. So let's be honest are you set to deliver your projects on budget and on schedule? Are you set to deliver the scope that you promised to? Hmm, are you not sure? Well, how do you know and how do you do it? And that's really what today's podcast is all about project controls. Really just the lines that we draw around our projects to help us know the parameters of the project, where we should be coloring in, and help us know when we're coloring outside of those lines on our project. This episode is sponsored by the resource scheduling tool used by teams at companies like Apple, Ogilvy, Deloitte, and Publicis. Now, DPM listeners can get 20% off for the lifetime of their accounts with the coupon code DPM2018. Learn more at resourceguru.io forward slash DPM. Today, I'm talking to Mike Stenner, and Mike is a newly appointed development director for EA Games, formerly at FCV, and he manages the team there. Uh, He's also one of our resident DPM experts at the Digital Project Manager School. And when you're managing a team of PMs, really one thing that you get very passionate about is project controls. And Mike's got plenty of experience of that. You really want your team to be delivering on budget. You really want your team to be, you know, hitting those timelines, those milestones. Otherwise things start unraveling and you have to get involved. So today we're gonna talk about how we can manage our projects better and the controls that we can put in place. So firstly, well, we know that we're on track. And secondly, it really just gives us some options uh, for when we start heading off track. So I hope that sounds good. Mike, hello and welcome to the show. Hey Ben, thanks for having me. Good to have you back. So Mike, tell us a bit about, <laughs> you know, you've you've actually now kind of moving or changing roles from FCV where you're heading up a team of PMs to development director at EA Games. What, do you know what that means yet?
1: <laughs> well, I'm gonna find out very soon. Um, <laughs> focus is still on project management so obviously moving from an agency background uh, into games with electronic arts i've actually in my in my career worked in different industries uh, in the past so uh, games is not entirely new to me yeah and i'm looking forward to uh, diving back into it it's uh, it's pretty complex from a project management perspective so pretty challenging and dynamic and probably going to use the this whole project control thing for that as well (laughs)
0: good stuff and have you in thinking about kind of moving moving to a new role and i guess kind of learning different tools and different different ways of working is there anything that you've kind of found recently or been using recently that you're like hey yeah i definitely want to take this on to my new role any kind of new tools or kind of approaches that you've used I feel like I I kind of learned like in every
1: position that I've been in, I've always learned, you know, new aspects and new perspectives on how to tackle problems. Because especially when you work in software or digital project management, you encounter similar problems, but there might be alternative ways of solving them. Uh, And that could be through tools like, you know, issue tracking tools that, you know, just get better over time or, you know, also potentially tools that spit out the analytics that you need in order to make informed decisions. I don't think I can really name a tool other than uh, you know basically you know the usual suspects, but uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's actually quite interesting from my perspective just to um, like how you realize that a lot of the problems like no matter if you build an app, a desktop software, a website, a game, or whatever it may be, like the a lot of the the challenges and the problems that you run into are kind of are quite similar, and the the approaches how to solve them are. Mm-hmm. Um, quite comparable as well
0: yeah i think one of the interesting things that yeah i found uh, now that i've begun doing some contracting is that even when you know you think you you know the way to do things and um you know whether or not it's something like resourcing you can use a tool like resource guru or there's uh, other tools out there as well one of them's um harvest has a, a tool called forecast and know you think you kind of know how to run the ship and how things should work and then you try using a new tool or you start trying to use a tool in the way that the other agency is using it and you find that it's actually a whole different kettle of fish (laughs) like the same tool can be used in so many different ways actually makes it quite tricky sometimes but i think what you're talking about in terms of data and analytics is so important right and i think one of the things Kind of, kind of leads into the article that you've written in terms of project controls, when we're kind of heading up a team of project managers, or when we're working with project managers, we want to be sure that actually, we're not just, you know, relying on our intuition all the time, or, you know, whether or not something feels like it's on track or feels like the project's running right or not. Data is so critical, isn't it? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And especially for me and in, in my roles as a manager of PMs, I don't always have the the full exposure to to the detail level as like the PM who's working on the project. So I'm actually quite reliant on looking at those data points, right? Like seeing how the budget is tracking, um, seeing how, you know, the burn rate is and so forth. And that's typically allows me to make decisions based on that in collaboration with you know, for example, the project managers or the team who's working on it.
0: Yeah, so these these essentially are our project controls, right? These are, when we're thinking about program management, when we're thinking about, you know, managing a team of project managers, this is the data that we're looking at. And these are the kind of artifacts that uh, the project managers on our team are producing. So tell us about... Project controls. What I mean? How would you? How do you define or understand project controls? They're the things that we use to control our projects. But what actually are they, or what could they be?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a um, it's a bit of a daunting term. But like for me, project controls is basically describes all the tools that you need in order to get the right information so that you can make uh, informed decisions. Right. So anything that in terms of data points that you can gather to make decisions on things like cost, time, scope and so forth. And obviously it ties in uh, directly with uh, client interactions and like, you know, any of those dynamic decisions that you have to do in a project. Like, is the team big enough? Do I need someone else? Uh, Are we on time? Are we on budget? And so forth. So it's really basically a high level framework for managing The projects and making informed decisions.
0: Yeah. So, well, what's the actual documents that you think are the most useful to do that? Because there's a whole, you know, array of different documentation that we can produce. So, if we're kind of stripping it back to the bare essentials, what do you think? You know, what are the most useful, or what do you find the most useful as a PM managing the project yourself? And I guess maybe from a program manager or kind of delivery director managing teams of pms
1: like the the most standard one that uh, i recommend to everyone doing is um, basically the creation of a normal status report so pretty much a a report of the project that uh, contains all the relevant metrics of the ongoing project and pretty much capturing things like uh, you know total project costs budget remaining, like what the burn rate is, what was achieved in the past months, and high-level action items, risks, blockers, and decisions. Typically, in cases where, on the projects that I've been working on and with the teams that I've been working on, we created status reports weekly and we ensured that they were always exposed to uh, to the client as well to ensure that the client can make decisions based on having a transparent idea of where the project is at. So it's a very, very essential and easy tool for the project manager as well to pretty much self-control too. For example, at the beginning of the week, creating a a status report, checking in how the metrics are doing, like how's the budget going, where are we in the timeline, and just from a high level, pulling that together, running it past the client. So for example, um, scheduling recurring meetings that... You know, often don't need to be longer than half an hour, but like act as a regular check-in and help uh, establish a relationship with the client. It doesn't only need to be remote, it could also be uh, in person. It's actually always good to do stuff like this in person to uh, create a relationship with the client. Basically creating this level of trust and transparency so that uh, opportunities but also issues and blockers are discussed in those regular meetings.
0: Yeah, so you create the documentation and then you try and, you know, have these kind of regular check-ins with the client. In that, these kind of status meetings, we produce the status reports, but, you know, what else are you kind of sharing? So it's it's one thing, I guess, to kind of internally try to control the project ourselves, but it's another, you know, sharing that data with the client. So apart from status reports, what else are the kind of the fundamentals for you in kind of managing the and controlling the projects with the client one essential
1: tool (laughs) to keep (laughs) to keep the overall control over a project is in my view also um, a change request uh, or like basically the change request process and with that change request forms so Basically, any time that um, you know the defined scope um, veers off, you have to end up, uh, for example, putting an additional effort, or the project team has to pivot in order to accommodate client expectations. It should be documented, and oftentimes in projects like change request is like the forbidden term, and <laughs> you kind of uh, a little worried to use it, and because you know you're, you're afraid that the client gets upset, but it's actually a fairly um, normal thing to do and like change requests don't necessarily need to have any impact just for the sake of uh, documenting it and it's still within budget it might not have any timing implications but it is definitely a good idea to um still document it and to get the client used to the fact that there is such a thing as a change request process because if there is a decision made at some point in the project uh that will have a budget impact it is good to do that thoroughly and to, um, document that and have everyone sign off on, on a change request like this.
0: Yeah. Another bit of documentation that you talk about, uh, I guess another project control is the raid log, which again is another, I think important aspect of controlling the project. But if you were to do, if you, were really just to choose, you know, one piece of documentation to control the project. What would be the thing that you would use to do that? Like the number one thing is a
1: good solid status report. Like a rate log dives more into into details and depending on your project complexity, you might not even need it to that degree. But like a status report is supposed to capture elements of this. So if you have risks, if you have blockers, or certain things, like just make sure that you have space for that in your status report to ensure that it's that everyone has an eye on it. But like regular meetings with the client and like exposing the key uh, KPIs and metrics to the client and then walking them through the current process and uh, progress. That is the number one key metric to me.
0: So I guess it's a bit of a balance, isn't it, in terms of you know how much control do we actually give ourselves and can we create through creating this documentation? And it kind of comes back to this, I guess, agile debate to some extent or how some people might perceive it. You know, We don't want to kind of get ourselves tied up in documentation around requirements or controls because, hey, it's just going to limit the project. But how do you kind of strike that balance of, you know, just spending your whole time, you know, monitoring the budget and updating your status report every week and having meetings. You're creating a lot of work for yourself. So how do you how do you balance out, you know, how much is too much and how much is kind of just enough to stay control of the project, to keep the client in the loop? What's how do you kind of strike that balance?
1: Yeah, from my perspective, I uh, <laughs> when I'm approaching your project, I actually I try to approach it fairly selfishly in the sense that I'm going to start with a project status update or whatever you want to call it that is fairly bare bones and that is easy for me to produce and I can probably pull it through existing software that I have like for example uh, the resourcing software like resource guru or like timesheet software whatever it is that the company uses uh, and that allows me to pull the, the base metrics, and that might already be enough to get started. Depending, some, some clients might need a little more, and they, they expect to see a higher fidelity. But in order for you as a PM to keep an overview of the internal metrics and also to present something to the client, that's already a really good starting point. And it really doesn't take that much time to pull that together on a recurring basis. You ultimately don't want to create too much work for you because then chances are you're just not going to do it and it's going to fall through the cracks when things get hectic or when the project needs all your attention and then like the the overall background uh, reporting and so forth is not going to be your focal point at that point.
0: I think that's a really solid point around, you know, doing just enough to control the project. And actually what's I think probably more important is the the cadence with which we do it, because it's all well and good having, you know, the mother of all status reports and, you know, creating these awesome project controls right at the beginning of the project. And actually, it is creating those templates and deciding how you're going to put the data. I mean, that's the first thing. But then if it takes you hours to pull out all the data to fill in all the different blanks that you've created for yourself in this project control document set then, you know, it's going to undo you because it's going to take you too long to produce. You're not going to produce it and then you're not going to stay on top of your projects, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. And you also have to keep in mind that it goes two ways, right? Like on the one hand, you as, a, as the PM need to know what's going on and uh, to make informed decisions. The client wants to know what's going on, but also the internal team deserves to know, right? And like, that's always also like one of those decisions that you as a PM need to make, like how, like I've, I don't think i've ever run my team through like a, a dry status report i've always found other ways to expose like you know a budget restrictions or like timelines and so forth to the team but it's important to to have enough knowledge and to have enough metrics uh, to keep everyone informed so that everyone is working on the same project
0: yeah i think that's a great point this isn't just for our clients this is also for our teams this is so that our teams also know they understand the constraints of the projects too like If the project is burning hot and we need to you know pull together as a team and and try to find more efficient ways of doing things having that data again is good just not for the client but also for the team in terms of saying hey guys we're gonna have to pivot a bit here maybe we're not going to be able to finesse things as much as we had hoped we might be able to so come on let's pull together and adapt and i think having the data like what you're, you're talking about here having the data this isn't just you being a pain in the ass and you being the project manager, but it's saying, look, guys, this is the status report, and it shows we're burning hot. We spent too much time on UX again. We spent too much time on design again. We're not gonna have enough budget to QA this properly if we don't, you know, wrap this up. So I think that's that's really solid. And you talked about in your article the kind of process for initiating project controls and then how you actually use them to control the project. So You talked about you know evaluating planning reacting and then connecting can you just talk us through that process and how you make that work
1: yeah sure like it's as a pm you always need to be informed where things are and like you know in order to make informed decisions so these few steps were kind of like, I um, kind of based on that. So basically, you want to start with evaluate. So you, you got to know where your project is at, like, where is it at in the project plan? Like, are you on track to, to get the anticipated output? And like, are you going to hit your goal? And not only from a, you know, KPI perspective, but like, you know, as a PM, you have to get under the hood, you have to ask questions, you have to understand what your team is doing. Basically, become a high-level expert of all those different individuals that you're working with, like you know, as you mentioned, UX, design, development, QA, uh, so that you can have an opinion if you know maybe you can cut corners uh, on a project in certain in certain uh, areas, or maybe um, you can't, and you can only find that out if you actually dive in and you start talking to people and you understand what you need to do in in a more detail and more granular level and then make decisions based on that and that kind of goes to the second step which is plan so as we as we know like oftentimes we have to course correct and there's uh things that need to change like you know timings change scope changes uh, and so forth basically planning that out and planning next steps with the team based on the knowledge that you have and like as a PM, you always get both sides, you, you get the client side, you have the internal um, knowledge of the team, and um, pretty much, you know, coming up with that master plan of bringing this project to the finish line. And based on that, the next step would be React. So implement your changes based on the plan. And that includes like letting the client know, for example, ensuring that the process uh, is changed if it's needed, documentation and like uh, issue tracking systems like um, Jira, for example, and uh, updating timelines and ensuring that the adjustments are all done. The last step that I mapped out was connect um, because as the PM, you are the glue that holds the team together. So everyone needs to know, ideally, what what you know from a higher level. So make sure to distribute your knowledge to the team so that everyone gets the full picture, right? Uh, client needs to be in the loop, the team needs to be in the loop and uh, basically just managing then those changes through so that you can actually deliver on them as well avoid slippage
0: yeah what i'm hearing is actually you know there's kind of two different parts of this i think what you've been talking about from a i guess from a program management perspective is you know the data is really important those data points give us the ability to kind of assess the where the projects are at and from you know very quickly from a high level give us that ability to control projects in terms of working out, okay, where, how do we prioritize resources? How do we prioritize projects in order to kind of deliver the projects? And we've got that kind of high level view that the data gives us, but I, I like what you're talking about in terms of the other aspects of the project controls, which is actually, this isn't just about data. This isn't just about us collecting information. Um, this is about, you know, initiating a conversation and including our teams in this discussion and and in this debate about controlling the project, about, you know, discussing the best way to deliver things and having that more agile approach to delivering our projects and adapting as we go and being iterative um, rather than just kind of locking things in, letting things, you know, running our status reports, working out we're over budget and kind of leaving it there. I, I like what you say about, you know, making this a conversation. But for those people, I guess who've never like thought uh, about, you know, producing proper status reports for their clients or for their projects, you know, you obviously just talk through that process. Uh, but for you, what's the first step in getting your projects under control? What's the first thing that people, you know, even if they don't get to the point of creating a status report or one of these project controls, what's the first thing th- that you think? PMs should be thinking about when they're thinking about sorting out delivery and controlling projects? Is there any any good starting point that you'd recommend?
1: To me, it's it's really, you know, getting a good picture of like all <laughs> of what you need to do to in order to get this delivered, right? Like both from a client perspective and some of this might be like, you know, very straightforward logistics, but like, what is the client expectation, right? Are there any drivers? Are there any Is there like maybe a set date when when you need to be done uh, because a campaign is running or, uh, you know, there might be like an executive presentation and your your contact needs to have it by then. Uh, And then also internally, like getting a really clear picture of, you know, the team that you need and like how it's going to work, like at least from a high level, understanding how how all those things will come together um, with experience and with, um, as a project manager, you kind of, that will help you gauge, uh, already like, you know, from high level, you know, what the plan is going to be and what, what the rough checkpoints are that you need to have in the process. Ultimately, like, you know, a status report helps you mainly also keep yourself on track to not forget about those checkpoints, but, um, yeah, Like that's, I think, the key. Like you know, it's it's a combination of like KPIs, soft skills, and like just generally, um, you know, keeping a level-headed overview of the project and ensuring that you still understand exactly where you are, um, even when the project is more complicated. And then making informed decisions also for yourself to um, find the tools that help you make those decisions.
0: Yeah, I, I like what you what you're talking about there. Actually, you know data is nothing unless we can compare it against something. So it's all very well as pulling these status reports. Uh, But if we haven't got a project plan to compare them against, then that kind of data is kind of meaningless. So I think I like that point of, you know, make sure you've got a proper plan, then you can measure against it. And I think what I found actually when talking to PMs from other agencies, actually one of the things that seems to be uh, absent a lot of the time is timesheets and we're tracking exactly how much time is spent on different tasks for a project. So I think, although time tracking is one of the most painful things you can ask someone to do, actually implementing time tracking, if you haven't got time tracking in place, making sure that you've got a project plan then enables you to be able to track your time against the project. And that then gives you a bit of control uh, around the project. So I think that's that's really solid advice. Thank you, Mike. It's been great having you with us today. Great. Thanks, Ben. And as one of our DPM experts, Mike's going to be making an appearance in our upcoming course that starts in September. It's called Mastering Digital Project Management. This is a seven-week crash course in digital project management. You'll learn how to manage digital, complex digital projects effectively. The course includes some Video lessons, some assignments, group discussions. There's the option of coaching sessions. Uh, So head to the dpmschool.com and get yourself signed up. There's a few spaces left, but the course starts on September the 10th. But if you'd like to contribute to this conversation around project controls, how is it that we can control our projects better? And what are the kind of documentation? That you use, well, head over to the resources section of the digitalprojectmanager.com to join our Slack team, where you'll find all kinds of interesting conversations going on there. So comment on the post, talk about it on Slack, and let's work out how we can control our projects better. But until next time, thanks for listening.